Hello, everybody, and welcome to Devil Fruit Punch, the podcast where we read One Piece and then we talk about it. I'm, of course, your host, John, and joining me today from the Red Waste of Texas is Patrick Ramirez. Hello, podcast land. And also joining me is Matt. Hello, dear listeners. I have to go lower than Patrick, because that's the bit we're doing this week. It's not possible. I think that you might find it is, brother. Brother, it's not possible, brother. (laughs) I don't know. Can anyone do the whole podcast like this? Can anyone hear us now? (laughs) Today, we will be discussing chapters 431 through 441. Here's what happened. Frankie builds the Straw Hats a new ship, and he joins the crew. Shanks and Whitebeard have a friendly slash not friendly meeting. Also, Usopp is accepted back into the fold of the Straw Hats, and Ace and Blackbeard have a climactic showdown. Uh, Doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. So much going on in 10 chapters. It's kind of impressive. So, I, I was just gonna say really quick. This is the I think the one time in the whole podcast that I had to be like, I got to reread everything and like make a note of all the new names or like concepts that they throw out us here. I have nine things written down. <laughs> oh man, they introduce in these ten chapters, or at least I, I think they might introduce here, uh, which is crazy. All right, let's um rather than going like chronologically through it, let's touch on topic by topic so the first thing that i wanted to talk about was luffy's grandpa and his dad we got to talk about that yeah yeah Yeah. those are huge so patrick what are your thoughts um so you see the grandfather first or you get introduced to the grandpa first right monkey and uh is it monkey uh, d garp yeah monkey d garp yeah um yeah super surprising um (laughs) and we saw him like 300 chapters ago on a cover story with like morgan (laughs) escaping yeah yeah uh i didn't remember that until you just said that just i still don't remember guy up until now yeah <laughs> yeah we didn't know he was luffy's grandpa we just saw yeah. him in the background right yeah yeah, yeah he had I mean, the hat on so yeah it's it's crazy i mean like very surprising you see the pun i think they introduced it by the punch right and it hurts luffy and he's like oh, you're not you're a rubber man you're supposed to take it and he's like oh it's a punch of love or fist of love fist whatever of love. yeah you can't and block then it's that. like his grandfather and i'm like what <laughs> This yeah. huge guy in like skinny, skinny Luffy. But they look so similar too. Like they've even the, got a scar on the eye in the same place. Yeah. What got me was when they're like, I think his grandfather's like holding him by the shoulders and the neck or something. And then they just fall, both fall asleep. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Time. Yeah, that's pretty funny. And then Garp wakes up first and gets mad at Luffy for falling asleep, even though he oh. just did the exact same thing. Yeah. Oh, I fell asleep again. Damn it. <laughs> Garp rocks. Yeah, I there's there's some lightly problematic stuff in there, but it's I think it's success, successfully played for for laughs yeah. with the whole like yeah sure I threw you to the bottom of the ocean and punched you in the face and threw rocks at you, but that was because I loved you and I wanted you to be tough. <laughs> it worked. I mean, some even says I guess that's where Luffy's yeah. endurance comes from. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's starting to make sense now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this quote unquote tough love he was given as a child apparently. Yeah. Yeah, like, this quote-unquote brain trauma that he has from <laughs> repeated concussions. Wait, didn't, didn't he say he gave Luffy to uh, 
some kind of steward or something. Of Luffy a and Ace, he said. Luffy and Ace, yeah, both to a friend. So Ace was <laughs> like, at, at some point under Garp's custody too, which I think is interesting. They don't elaborate on it here though. And but they also infer that that means that uh, Luffy's and Ace's father was already out of the picture when he was taking care of them somehow, right? It does, though. It, it's worth mentioning um, Ace's full name, Port Guys D. Ace. He has a different surname than Luffy, so I don't think it's implied that they're uh, blood brothers. Oh, like both is dead. Okay. Yeah. They're half-brothers. <clears throat> yeah. Luffy's dad was out of the picture, and presumably both of Ace's parents were. Yeah, I mean, Luffy has, mm. like, a classic idiotic Luffy statement of, like, I have a dad. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah he somewhere. doesn't know how sex works, apparently. No, I, I truly too busy that. eating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No time for that. Yeah, and it about. was also, I mean, can we move on to talking about Dragon then? If, uh, I mean, we Garp's cool, but. I've got a, a real controversial um, thing that it's not my theory. I have a real controversial theory about Garp and, and Dragon that I didn't come up with it, but it, I found it very convincing. But, Let's hear uh, it. Okay, so literally everybody in the One Piece fandom and the characters in One Piece all assume that Dragon is Garp's son. Because Dragon is Luffy's dad, Garp is Luffy's grandpa, and they all have the same surname. But if you, and this is something I want to keep an eye out for in our reread too, because I, I want to see if this is true or not. But what I was told was it's possible that Dragon is actually Garp's son in law, and that because Garp never refers to his son, he only ever says my kid, which the one time he references Luffy, you know the parent of Luffy that, you know, he's their dad of, he says, you're just like my kid. Everybody else is like, what? That means the dragon's your son. He never confirms or denies that. He doesn't say shit about that. And even now, I think a lot of people are making that assumption. And it's just, it's interesting because Oda really makes a point of making familiar, like blood relations look very similar to one another. Even, even non-blood, like with Nami's sister and mom, like they all look the same, even though their whole bit is that none of them are like actually related by blood. So I think it's an interesting thought because the question then is, well, who's Luffy's mom? Um, in Japan, as I understand it, it's acceptable if you're uh, kind of a, a man marrying into a higher social status that you might take your, you know, your wife's surname. So I kind of think Dragon might be just some guy uh, who married into the monkey family and um, that that's just going to be one of these twist reveals that's going to come in two years or something. <laughs> in 300 or yeah. 600 chapters. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and they actually show Dragon for the first time, right? So, yeah, God, we have we have Got a lot a of D's being introduced in this a chapter. Lot of D's. <laughs> a lot of D's. A lot of yeah. D's in these chapters. Absolutely. Like Oda's just leaving the door open, like he's not nailing down anything, just to for longevity's sake, right? Uh, I mean, I think some of it's longevity, and some of it is that it just makes for a really great like twist when. I, th I think we were talking about this all the way when we first started doing this of like, yeah, we got like a whole 50 page flashback for Luffy. So we think we know what Luffy's past is then like, bam, like huge twist, like huge missing puzzle piece that we didn't know that we didn't have. Uh, I think he likes to be able to whip that out with characters at any given point. Uh, yeah. Like, I think it's interesting if you really took a list, like of all the Straw Hat crew members, how many like have last names that we're aware of? How many don't? <laughs> Does that mean anything? Does it not? Uh, well, Sniper King, obviously, his last name's King. That's indicative of somebody important. So. Absolutely. Um, do you guys want to talk about Usopp and that whole thing? We're, and we're going to have to at some point. Yeah, I mean, 
Um, I really like how this was handled where mm-hmm. it sort of is like a half-assed fake out almost where they have this very serious discussion about, yeah, like, listen, if, if he isn't down to be a team player, he can't be on the team, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, as soon as he apologizes, Immediately. that just goes out the window. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It was the way it's it was like handled really was just so like, I don't know, the way Usopp was going into it, like, oh, since you like begged me to come back, I'll 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 stay or I'll come back or whatever. And like, he's thinking like, oh, I've ran through every possibility of everything that they're going to say. And I know exactly how to respond to it. But he never considered the fact that they weren't going to like ask him to come back, you know? Yeah, I, I really love that bit um, because we see Solo like really put his foot down and he's like, if you go soft like here, then I'm going to be the, per- the next person to leave. And like I wrote down specifically, like if the first thing that comes out of his mouth is an apology, then it's all good. If it's anything but that, he's not allowed back. Uh, and, and even Sanji agrees with him. Yeah, like like everybody, like not everybody's happy about it, but they all get it. Um, yeah. And, but I, I really love how it's handled of the first thing out of his mouth is not an apology. But you see this great bit where like Zolo and, and Luffy are like, I can't hear him. I can't hear what he's saying. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> that's like the manly compromise. It's like we've got a hard line, but quietly, you know, <laughs> I'm going to pretend I don't hear him until he says the right thing. And when he does, like a second later, rubber hand is right there helping him on board. Yeah, it's like classic Usopp up until the point where he, like, he's trying, he's trying to sneak back in, you know, pretend mm-hmm. like nothing happened, pretend like he didn't challenge Leafy to a, you know, high stakes duel. Yeah. And, um, then he he goes into like another classic Usopp kind of uh, mode of like I'm sorry, please take me back. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> you know, like kind of like the opposite end of like this fake uh, like surety and courage. Yeah. You know, and like or just kind of stoicism of like I'm a badass. Blah, blah blah. I guess we'll come back. And then like the other Usopp, which is like more of the real Usopp of like yeah. Oh, I fucked up. I'm so sorry. Please take me back. I have nobody else. Yeah, he even says something like, is it possible that I could take back what I said? Like, he's so, yeah. like, timid and, and worried about it. It's really cute. And yeah. he was, like, it was, like, a good fight. It was kind of close, you know? It was a great like, fight. It's not, like, it's not like it was one-sided, you know? No, like, yeah. he, he really used everything he had in his toolkit. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought about this. I didn't really, it didn't occur to me at the time, but it is kind of like sketchy that apparently Usopp has been thinking about that. Like this whole time is like, oh, okay, here's what Luffy's weaknesses are. Like, just in case I need to know. <laughs> it's like you stowing know. it away. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's crafty. <laughs> he's a crafty guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also Luffy is a horrifying monster. So I would probably be doing the same thing. Yeah, well, yeah, hundred percent. So on the odd chance he goes off the rails, like goes rogue, you're like, yeah, okay, listen, we could do this. He's very stupid. Like I yeah. might be the next Zoro, who Luffy thinks I did a horrible thing and just like doesn't ask questions <laughs> and starts trying to kill me. And I'm not as strong as Zoro, so I'm not going to be able to fight him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah. So let's let's talk about the the bounties for a second because I I really like that. I love scene. The bounties. I, I liked that just, just all of the reactions. Yeah, Luffy is excited that he's in, he's going up. I think Zoro doesn't say anything, but you kind of get the vibes that he also is like kind of like happy that he's becoming more notorious. And then of yeah. course Sanji has the horrible <laughs> uh, drawing of him, like the artist rendition. 
Well, like it's what a good about, bounty, but he can't be happy about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or what about Nami's depiction? Like she's not, she didn't give a shit about the bounty, but like, oh my God, the, like the photo, right? <clears throat> yeah, because she, it, it implies that the person who took that photo like lied and said that they were like a newspaper man. Or, and right. it's like, he said it was for an article. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. And then like, who, who's the person saying like, oh, they're going to think all these negative things about you because of your pose in this poster wanted poster oh that i don't even remember who was saying i can't remember who said it but that was like yeah another part of that i mean one of my (laughs) favorites is chopper the the chopper bit of 50 berries chopper the candy (laughs) cotton lover and then it says in parentheses like pet yeah (laughs) yeah it's like i'm a man i can fight Yeah, the the bits of the uh, the bounty system are very funny. So also, it's notable. So Soga King has a bounty, but not Usopp right now, right? Yes, Usopp has a bounty. I thought I thought that was Usopp. It was thirty million, right? Yeah, I thought I, it was. I, I think it was both. I think it's like Sniper King Usopp or something back. like that. Oh, okay, I don't remember. That's a good yeah, question. I, I feel like now we have to look it up. <laughs> I'm, lo- I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm okay. looking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried that you're gonna get spoilers though if you look it up. Well, he, he's checking the Viz Media. Who, me? I'm, I'm going back. Yeah, yeah he, he's just going directly to the chapters. Okay, it's at the I, end. I'm of looking like... at it, and I'm pretty sure it's just Soga King. Okay, thirty million, well, right? It sounds right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're gonna find out if because if they do make a thing of technically Usopp is not wanted, I'm sure that that will come up at some point. Yep. Um, all right. I also want to talk about Frankie, obviously. I mean, oh, there's yeah. a lot we'll going on with Frankie, Frankie and Iceberg here. Um, yeah. we can, in this category, we can also lump in the thousand sunny, the new ship yep. and everything that goes with that. So, uh, what are you guys' thoughts? I mean, obviously Patrick, you had no idea that Frankie was joining the crew. So you were very surprised mm-hmm. by all of this, right? I was so shocked. Uh, I just want to <laughs> back up a bit and it does say sniper King. Okay. Yeah. Usopp does not have Hell one. Yeah. yeah, good call, John. And uh, yeah, so I, I mean, Patrick, because I wanted to ask this too. Because when I first read One Piece, I was genuinely blindsided by Frankie joining. I didn't see that coming. Well, I knew they were looking for a. Weren't they looking for a carpenter for a initially carpenter, when yeah. they went to Water Seven? Right. Yeah, yeah. And so I was had that in the back of my mind that like somebody's going to join. I thought it was going to be that that who turned out to be the CP Nine uh, giraffe man. <laughs> yeah, cocker. Yeah. <laughs> who I thought was undercover CIA guy. Like he, he th- struck me as the kind of guy that would join. And then you have the whole water seven saga and like Aqua Laguna and all that shit. And yeah. so I kind of just didn't, I hadn't been thinking about it, but then once Frankie was building the ship and I was like, he's going to join the crew. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, that was the giveaway to me. It's like, he's, and, and it, and it was this, it, it was the, uh, the panel where Frankie's got a, uh, uh, I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a traditional wood, a traditional hand woodworking tool guy. Mm-hmm. And so there's a frame where like, uh, Frankie is using a Japanese wood plane. Oh yeah. And he's yeah. like, and he's planting the wood. And I was like, oh yeah, that's fucking badass. I forgot and you're into the woodworking sh- stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Traditional hand tool woodworking. And so I saw that and I was like, oh, that's super cool. And I kind of forgot that he's like a shipwright and he's like, mm-hmm. you know, that was his main thing. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, he's going to join probably. When he had that whole thing about how, like, he had sworn off making ships sworn ever off, again. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, after Tom. Yeah. And, and I thought that was a very moving scene where uh, Iceberg says, like, everybody else has forgiven you. Like, that's not the problem. You need to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and wow, doesn't that just, like, really frame their whole interaction with Frankie in a whole new way when you think about mm-hmm. the fact that for, like, the past however many years, 
he has been leading this Frankie crime family because he still thought that he was a bad person mm-hmm. and couldn't grow, felt like he couldn't grow, felt like he couldn't forgive himself and move on. So he yeah. kind of is like playing into what he thinks people think of him, you know? He, he is. And, and, and I think that there's this real idea that like Frankie loves like the misfits, like he's a misfit himself. And like, even as like a shipbuilder, he was always just off doing his own weird thing with like scrap metal <laughs> and Tom's like, yeah, let him do whatever he wants. It's fine. But there, there's a line in this that I loved so much when it's like, you're seeing Frankie's rapid rise to the, the mob boss of all water seven, where he says, bring me everyone who's hungry. I thought that was so great. Cause he, he really just wants to make himself a strong foundation for everybody in the city's just not doing okay on their own. Um, that that was really cool. Yeah. Hell Yeah. I mean, yeah, that frame where Iceberg is like, Frankie, you have to forgive yourself. And then the yeah. next frame mm-hmm. is Frankie, and he's just ugly crying. He's, oh, he's Man, sleeping. so many good ugly cries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, a, lot of, a lot of Frankie in this chapters. Well, there is. Yeah, like, I, I think we were saying in Ennings <laughs> Lobby that, like, yeah, Frankie kind of had his arc back in Water 7. It's like, it, it's really playing tag team with him and Robin. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I and th- Usopp. <clears throat> and Usopp, too. You're right. Yeah, every, everybody gets their, their kind of cap off here. Um, but w- with Robin and Frankie specifically, I, I really like this because I, I think it's interesting that they're the oldest crew members. They're the most mature and they've, they've, I think have been the two that have been most haunted by their pasts, at least from what we've seen. And, yeah. uh, so much of this arc is them coming to terms with their respective traumas. Um, and Robin even gets to be there for that. She's like ripping his nuts off. <laughs> and oh um, god forgot about that which I, I think i mentioned I, I was a little nervous about saying this because the cat wasn't out of the bag with frankie sticking around but uh, that i can kind of see robin and frankie coupling up more than any other combo of straw hats but i'm like i don't know she's willing to touch just like bare balls because he's not wearing underwear <laughs> but even then later like she lets him kind of like use the situation use her to excuse the fact that he's crying by pretending that she's attacking him again. And she's like, <laughs> he's just faking. He doesn't want to let people know. He's just sad and emotional. <laughs> I wish you I could. There... Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, do you think they're actually his balls or are they like robot balls? <laughs> I think they're his balls. <laughs> think they're yeah. like pressure sensitive robot, uh, like M&Ms in there. Uh, I mean, maybe he'll it is Frankie. The... I would literally every single person in town, and I do mean every single person in town, seemed to be under the impression that they were looking at the real deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there were a lot of horrified like, faces. You're gonna, you're gonna snap him off. You're gonna break him. <laughs> Stop! Like there were uh, one person did say you're gonna turn him into a woman, which yikes. But you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think it, it meant anything by that. But yeah, Luffy did say I want him to be a man when he joins. Me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> And then um, there's a there's a frame where you see uh, Nico Robin's arms and they're like this, like an X, and they're really far away. Like the hands are really far away. You're like, oh god, like, yeah, that's not a ball sack anymore. That's 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 definitely ripped, man. It's just such a funny way to like kind of one shot like any male enemy in the whole world up to like a certain power level. <laughs> At any point, she can just punch somebody in the dick, like no problem. She Nico Robin had a pretty good. Uh, showing in these chapters um there was that whole thing which was very funny and i i agree that i like the part where she like atta- she pr- went along with frankie's lie yeah. that it was <laughs> because she was, yeah, yeah yeah 
but the, I wish I could remember what it was, but there was something that like got like a huge reaction from everybody. It might have been the bounties or something, but everyone is like, oh my god, and then Robin is just sitting there, just completely stoic, no reaction. Um, I think that that was talking about the Florian Triangle and the idea of these terrifying ghost ships, um, because yeah. it, you oh, know, it's right. like the Bermuda Triangle, and then Robin's like, well, that would mean there'd be a lot of ships with treasure just floating on the ocean, right? Yeah. And, and then everyone's like, we have to go there now. <laughs> um, um, I was going to say, speaking of Robin, I did really enjoy just that small little moment with her and... Um, Akiji Kuzan uh, across the wall. I thought that was a really nice cap. And, you know, the, the whole time it's been kind of hard to pin down, like, what his thoughts and attitude towards her have been. And I like that his kind of final takeaway with this is, like, I still don't know if it was right to save your life or not. But, um, you know, I, I thought I thought we we're going to put an end to all of this back there. But you, you know, you all are too good for that. You know, have you found the place where you feel safe? She says yes. And, and he basically... Tells her to keep on. He tells her to keep, you know, O'Hara alive and and to make the most of what Saul did for her. And I thought that was very touching. And and then she immediately sees Luffy looking like an absolute, you know, weirdo with his cheeks like as full of meat as human heads. <laughs> and she goes back. He's like, maybe I should do that. Which, you know, sounds ridiculous. She's a classy lady, but she's relaxed now. She has fun. She's going to be smiling more. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I wanted to just clear up a couple loose ends before we move on. Cause there was a couple things I forgot. Um, sure. the first one was when they do the bounty thing, they do a cut to all of the other, like all the side characters that we've met along the way. That was, who, so nice. who oh, see yeah. yeah, that was cool. Everyone. Yeah. Oh, everyone thinks about them. Yeah. Yeah. All the, all yeah. the families, <clears throat> you know, all the, the, the hometowns of all these characters. Right. Yeah. That, that part was nice. Um, it's just nice knowing that Oda wasn't forgetting about these people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, nope, they still exist. They're still doing stuff, you know? And I, um, I thought, like, Sanji was so mad about his poster, and I thought it was really touching that everybody at Bharati is like, we're going to put this right up. We're going to advertise ourselves with yeah. this. They loved it. Yeah, very cute. Um, the other thing I forgot was about Garp. When he fucking swung that, like, giant ball. <laughs> the- oh, yeah. Like, I don't even know what that would was. Was that the anchor or something? Well, I mean, there were cannonballs. And then it's like, oh, he also just has one that's like a 10,000 size <laughs> cannonball. Yeah. That was cool and crazy. I and thought, also, like, what the hell? This guy is so strong. <laughs> I thought he said, bring me a thousand cannonballs. Yeah, he did. Talking about that part? Yeah. Well, the, the very last cannonball was like a super gigantic one. And that's the one that they, like, escape on. Oh. And that was such a great scene because, like, Alkiti's there and he's got his like sleep mask on and he's like, Don't worry, I won't help. And and one of the sailors <laughs> like, shouldn't you help? And then like literally because we get this whole hilarious speech from Garb, like, don't worry, I'll just tell him I'm letting him go because he's my grandson. And it's like, don't say that. <laughs> and it's like, all right, all right, I have to kill you now, Luffy. They're making me do it, my job. And they're like, you shouldn't have said that to the fleet admiral. We like, have like, um oh, sorry. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, but th- I love that they're, he's clearly letting Luffy go, and Aokiji is there to go like, oh, yep, I can confirm. Admiral here, confirm they got away. Oh, well, let's all go back home, everybody. Yeah, he's kind of like putting on a show, like he yeah. tried, you know? He's, he's rubber stamping it, for sure. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like uh, we, we have like dark justice and fair justice and all these different takes yeah. on justice. I feel like Garp's justice is like... 
stupid <laughs> justice. It's like the Luffy version of justice where it's like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm just doing it. I don't really know. Like it, it's almost like, um, honest justice or yeah. transparent justice. I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, Garp it's very really whimsical. Is like, what if Luffy were in the Navy instead of a pirate? Cause like, they're like <laughs> yeah, basically exactly. the same person. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You know, no devil fruit, but, and we do get a bit here that like, it, it doesn't recur too often, but I wanted to call out the bit of Garp fully shoving his pinky up his nose and then just casually revealing something that like you can tell probably maybe like a dozen people in the world are privileged enough to know it. And he just casually spills the beans like, oh, whoops, I uh, think I might have said too much. Uh, yeah. yeah, just pretend I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, very Luffy like it comes up again later on at least once. Yeah, um, they do escape, though, uh, Luffy and the, and the Straw Hats. Because their new ship can fly like a kilometer at a time. Incredibly goaded ability that you can you just have an escape button to nitro yeah. out. Hell yeah. Uh, to, to cola out, I believe. Yeah, three barrels of cola. That, that's a lot of cola. And um, they also have a lawn on the deck, which is super cool. I love um, the lawn. I love the, the like fantasiness of that. <laughs> exactly. So, like, mm. it, it clearly wouldn't work in real life, but it, for a fantasy ship, it's like, oh, yeah, you could grow your own food on your ship. That's perfect. Why wouldn't you? If you could like generate some kind of, I don't know, biologically engineered bacteria to like desalinate the water that's splashing onto the deck, <laughs> I I don't know. I, I could imagine ways that it would work, but... Um, yeah, and then the fish tank too. Uh, that's a cool. That feels the, weirdly more realistic, I guess. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I love that it's, it's so got cool. like a viewing angle, you can, like at a fancy aquarium. Yeah, mm-hmm. or, or like at a restaurant or something that would yeah. have like big ass fish tanks. Yeah, it's literally like the restaurant because it's saying you can eat free, f- you can eat fresh fish whenever you like. It's just, it's such a cool ship. I love like the little things. Like I think Sanji has been asking for a fridge with a lock, like since he became a crew member. Yeah. And Frankie's like, I put in everyone's requests. Um, (laughs) And like, I found it really touching when like those guys, like the galley law guys way earlier come like, Oh, here are all those, like the tangerine trees, like from your village. No, <laughs> we, we still have them. They, you know, so she doesn't lose the trees of the ship. She gets to transplant them into the new, the new boat. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think we've talked about this before, but it's actually a very practical tree to have on a, on a, on a boat <laughs> yeah. with all that vitamin C you're going to be lacking. Got to combat scurvy. To, yeah. That's, that's not something to blow off. Can it grow enough tangerines though to prevent them to keep from, like from, to keep them from getting scurvy, like across the voyages, right? I think yeah, I like mean, tangerines it, take forever to grow. I don't think uh, you need that much vitamin C, though. Like just like a little bit. It, yeah, it's, yeah. Hmm. It, it's like an emergency ration kind of thing. Like you, you have to be truly deprived for scurvy to kick in. But in the fantasy version, though, like she's got a whole fucking grove <laughs> of tangerines there that she can also just like read a book in the middle of that's like her little garden also she can probably Uh, like create the ideal climate for them in a little bubble around them oh (laughs) that is true yeah that's a good point that's a good point this just reminded me of something i wanted to bring up about the tree Mm -hmm. the uh the adam tree i already forgot what's called jewel tree adam that's one of the tree adam one of the nine things i wrote down yeah yeah so like frankie's talking about how this tree is i thought he meant it was unable to be cut down and then he's talking about the wood, and he's like, yeah, anyway, I bought all this wood on fucking eBay with all the money you guys gave me, so, like, uh, no worries. And I was like, how did they cut this tree down if, you, like, you're not 
Did he mean like you're not you're not allowed to cut the tree down I, because the wood is so good? It's a little unclear here. That my takeaway from it was you, you, the tree itself is like special and indestructible, and there are a lot of like anytime there's something that could be construed as like a religious reference. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're you're kind of hitting something important in, in One Piece world, and Adam is you know a very auspicious oh, yeah. name. I think the implication is that uh, either there's a very rare opportunity to harvest wood from it, or I don't know. There's like one crew of people out there who know how to not chop the whole thing down, but to take Harvested. wood from it. Yeah. Um, whatever it is, it's very rare and valuable. And, and I do like that. We've been wondering like, what the fuck did he spend 2 million berries on mm-hmm. the whole time? And now we find out and we even find out that's how they built gold Rogers ship too. Oh um, yeah. That gave it a, they gave it a, uh, an air of, you know, like, Oh shit. Like this is important. This is important wood. You know, Goldie yeah. Roger used it. Well, like they called a shot, like that's whole, that's Frankie's whole dream. It's why he's there. Of like this ship will be the ship of the King of Pirates, and it will circumnavigate the globe. And I'm going to be there. Um, mm-hmm. And I even love Tom in the flashbacks. Like, well, if you're going to join the crew, then that's you. You got me beat. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> I uh, I like Frankie as the idea of like a barefoot shipwright, where he's yeah. like. That's a good like, point. Yeah, like an insane I'm, I'm kind of just like a crazy little like urchin boy <laughs> who has no sensibilities or family or anything. And I'm just like, I'm going to build the ship and then I'm going to crew it. And I just kind of go where I go. Like, I don't know. He's very chaotic. And I like that about him. He, he, Frankie to me is like an old like if I were to say, like, what's an example of a chaotic good character? I think Frankie would jump like right to the top of my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love the scene where like. And the whole conceit of them stealing his underwear, I thought was a very funny <laughs> way to get him, you know, to the, oh, to the ship. But um, I really love the scene where, like, Luffy's running along, like, the rooftops and Frankie's running after him. And Frankie is, like, incredibly pissed off. But before he even gets mad at Luffy, he's like, do you, do you like it? How do you like it? I really put everything I have into it. It's perfect. <laughs> and, like, um, just iceberg in that brotherly way being like, are you sure, you know, we're here to help. You haven't built anything in so long. How do you know you can even make anything anymore? And then when Frankie's not there, he's like, holy shit, guys, these are some of the best fucking blueprints I've ever seen. These are going to blow your mind. <laughs> he's like, I'm getting hard for these damn blueprints. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's when I saw them. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we have just a couple more things to talk about, uh, but they are pretty large topics. So we will do that in the second half of the episode. But for now, I would like to take a quick break. And we're back. So we the way I see it, we have two things left to talk about. There's Whitebeard and Shanks and Ace and Blackbeard. So I would like to talk about Shanks and Whitebeard first, if that's okay with you guys. Sure. Before we get into that, just really quick, I did want to ask, because I, I couldn't quite remember this. Um, we see a, a little blurb of um, the five elders and that kind of beautiful cathedral-like castle they're in. Was this the first time that they identify that as sacred land of Marajoa? This, Patrick, that might be more of a question for you. Do you remember hearing that term before this run? I So, I know the thing you're talking about, like 100 chapters ago, whatever, but... Yeah. I do remember reading the Marajoa okay. name somewhere, so cool. it's it wasn't like new to me. Got but it. I couldn't tell you exactly where I remember reading it, but I could be wrong. 
So I don't know. Totally fine. Uh, and the only other thing I wanted to mention that, cause that was the, the one thing I wrote down where I wasn't sure if it was new here or not, but I do want to call out, we hear uh, Dr. Vega punk's name, uh, in the stretch of chapters for the first time too. I forgot about that. I take it that that is supposed to be someone we're going to see a lot. Dr. Vegapunk, I'll, I'll just list off. Here's what I wrote down. I wrote down Jewel Tree Adam, uh, Monkey D. Garp, The Four Emperors, which I'm sure we're about to talk about, Monkey D. Dragon, Dr. Vegapunk, The New World, Sacred Land of Marjo, the question mark, um, Marco, that was me just kind of knowing Marco, Hello. and then Hockey, uh, H-A-K-I. Yeah. Those are all things that they drop on us. Yeah, so let's talk about hockey because we've seen this before. Um without knowing it, but yeah. Without knowing that it was yep. this is what it was. Yep. Um so Patrick, what do you think hockey is? <laughs> Who? Uh you remember when um, It's a sport they play in Canada mostly, just kidding. <laughs> you remember when Shanks walks up to Whitebeard and Whitebeard's entire crew passes it, out? And it's actually my my animated background scene right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, "Oh, you're just walking around with your hockey on display. You're just walking around with your dick out, basically." Yeah, they say like you're you're not constraining your spiritual power, something like that. Yeah, which is I'm, interesting I'm, in itself because it's like Whitebeard is kind of like the older guy being like, "Come on, man! Like you gotta be cool. <laughs> be cool." I okay, so like I must have blown by those pages because I don't rec- I don't remember Matt's okay. background, which is the scene you're talking about. I just remember being enamored with uh, Whitebeard's uh, like nose oxygen delivery oh, yeah, system so tube, and you- I I guess I I, I just like, completely blacked out the part of uh. <laughs> so just to refresh you, um, we see two uh, we see a couple of um, Whitebeard's fleet commanders like aces. Right. I think yeah, the second yeah. commander. We meet um, Marco, the first commander, a third really big guy whose name I, I don't recall. No, no disrespect intended to that fine fellow, but uh, they make a comment they're like newbies, like get below deck, like you can't be yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And um, so up too late, and you just see all of them just like fall over, like <laughs> unconscious. Though they look like they could just be fucking dead. It's like a, a, a nerve gas bomb. Off. <laughs> So his and big D energy, like, and when I say D, I mean deck energy. His big deck like, energy. <laughs> his big deck energy, like, passed people, like, made people pass out. Basically, the idea is, yeah, people of people below a certain strength threshold, um, mm. because Shanks didn't uh, restrain what they were saying was his hockey, his spiritual energy. Uh, they just like got zapped. They they passed out immediately. Um, and I'll let you know, you're you're not meant to perfectly understand the whole deal with that right now. We'll learn more about it later on but that that's what happened there it's pretty intense um but you know essentially shanks has come to tell whitebeard listen you got to call off ace mm-hmm. um i think i i'm not even really 100 percent sure what's going on here because i don't really remember but it seems like he's like trying to save ace essentially he's like yeah this guy's gonna fucking kill ace and uh he seems to be invested in Ace and Luffy as like the next generation, as the future of piracy or or, or something. So I don't know. That's yeah. that's what I got out of it, at least. Ace, um, you know, we've heard this from a, a few characters, and, and really like some pretty well connected and in the know characters, like Doflamingo. I think was the last person we heard express this that uh, a new age is coming. And mm. when talks with Whitebeard break down, Shanks has a line that's something like, nobody will be able to control the chaos of the coming age. Yeah. Um, but 
I th- yeah, I think the thing with Blackbeard, like he's really trying to impress upon Whitebeard that like Blackbeard is not like just another common pirate. This is a incredibly ruthless, patient, and careful force with no regard for any accepted you know law or code of honor or anything, and he'll do literally anything to advance. And um, you know, for whatever reason, I think you know he he points out the this like triple slash scar over his own eye, and he mm-hmm. says. Blackbeard did this to me. And uh, so, yeah, we, we don't really know the full thoughts or feelings on why Ace feels this way, but I, I think he's suggesting if you don't pull back Ace, he's going to lose. Um, and, like, if that happens, you know, that, that could ch- set up a whole chain reaction of horrible things. And um, we kind of get a tease at the very end of this that that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, we get, like, one of the rare narration lines. It was uh, the duel at Bonaro Island in the Grand Line, this battle between pirates would later be identified as the trigger for the major events that were to follow. Yeah. About as fucking ominous as it gets. Yeah. yeah, That's the best foreshadowing I've ever read in one piece so far. Yeah. Yeah. And And that fight was so sick, dude. It was so good. (laughs) And that's the first time we see what Blackbeard's pirate, like his power is. And even now it doesn't really make sense. He's like, this is the strongest logy in the world. I murdered to get this. He also um, says darkness is gravity at one point, which I'm like, I don't know if that's true, but okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that seemed a little shaky, but they really wanted the idea that, like, it sucks in everything, which is also why, like, the normal Logia rules don't apply, because he can still be injured. He can't just turn into lightning or smoke or whatever, but at the same time, just touching somebody acts like sea prism. It, like, sucks the powers out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the fact that it can like suck in your devil fruit power, pretty scary. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, we t- we talk about this being the first time that we see Blackbeard's powers, but really, this is the first time we see the extent of Ace's powers too. Oh yeah, he goes full yeah. out on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and cool. I like the line to Blackbeard to his lieutenants of like, "He'll none of you can take him. This has got to be a one-on-one fight between the two of us." But yeah, well, to be honest, like. <laughs> What difference are those guys going to make, really? His lieutenants yeah. are probably like, yeah, yeah, no fucking shit, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, the wrestler's like, oh, I'm going to grapple him. All right, man. Oh, okay, okay, guys, stand up, stand up. He's got this one. He's I'm going to shoot him with a gun. gun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that That'll work. Maybe he has like an uh, antimatter gun or something. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the first scene we saw from that guy was like, the straw hat scene, like a seagull had shot down. And he's like, is there a sniper? And he's like, we can't even see an island. What are you talking about? And then you see him on his perch, so he could maybe snipe from like eight miles away or something. It's it's impressive. Um, we also hear mention of the fact that Shanks and Buggy uh, served on Goldie Rogers' ship. Um, I, f- I think we might have already... I did think we already we know that? that. that that's we, what I was going to say. I was like, we. I think that was mentioned already we, pretty early on. We definitely knew they were shipmates. Yeah, I, I yeah. can't remember if this is yeah, the first time. They were talking to each other. I remember a panel mm-hmm. where they're like skin, they're both skinny and young, Shanks and Buggy, and like yeah. you figure out like, oh, they knew each other on Goldie. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you knew it was Goldie Rogers' ship too, but I don't think I don't know how much of it went to their friendship. I think I think you knew they were friends, but it was kind of implied, maybe more than explicitly stated. Yeah. Yeah. And not to be the obnoxious guy who's fully caught up too much, but that scene of them that we see here of like, oh, we were in Rogue Town when Roger was right. killed, like that flashback comes up again. That that becomes important later again. 
That's also when uh, Luffy's dad sees him, right? Because it was at Rogue Town, right? Well, that was a different time in Rogue Town, but yeah, yeah, when when Luffy was also nearly Rogue executed Town. in a way that would have mirrored Gold Roger's execution. Yeah, like the the storms come and we see this mysterious figure in a cloak. Oh, um, the tattoo with the tattoos. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. we yeah, saw a Dragon before, but when we saw him, yeah. we didn't know he was Luffy's dad. Exactly. No, not at all. And that's wow. what that was a reveal. That oh, was yeah, a he, fucking Empire Strikes off. Back moment. So yeah, cool. <laughs> so cool. And then. Well, and with Shanks, we we not only have a very important piece of world building get filled in, but he also gets a huge credibility establishment because we find out about something called the Four Emperors. Um, we've been hearing about like the three major powers that yep. like govern the structure of the world the whole time, and and I think recently I was like, well, we don't know what the third one is yet. Well, now we know. Like the second half of the world, the New World, is basically all pirate country, and there are four of them that are the top dogs, and like. We already know Whitebeard is supposed to be the most powerful man, like the strongest man in the world. And they're saying, oh, there are three other people on that level. And one of them is Shanks. Yeah. Um, not bad. Not bad for the OG Straw Hat, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also funny because I, you get the sense that Whitebeard kind of regards Shanks as like this kind of up jump little guy. Oh, yeah. You know, he's like, yeah. oh, you were just a punk under Roger, you know? Yeah. And now you think you're hot shit. It's like, well, he seems like he kind of is, right? <laughs> he is, yeah. I mean, yeah, says the guy who was like in the fucking like coma bed, whatever, like, yeah. you know, 50 chapters ago. He's, oh, well, he's in the back of the tank for sure. He's accepting yeah. the audience with him, you know, which I, I think that says it all. Dude, when they did their like sword on spear attack and they like split the heavens in half. Oh, that was, <laughs> that that was, was really so badass. Cool. <laughs> that was so cool. But like, and, and they touch on something interesting, which, which is something that stands out for a lot of fans is something that like, it, it's almost like it needs an explanation. Like, why did that happen? Because John, you mentioned like we've seen hockey before. And correct me if I'm wrong, but were you talking about all the way back in the first chapter when the sea monster, like, Shanks just, like, eyeballs it and it runs away? Or it passes out, right? Uh, Which one? So, if we go all the way back to the beginning, when Luffy's a little boy, he tries sailing out to the ocean, and right. the sea monster is about to eat Luffy. Shanks shows up, gets his arm, like, oh, bitten off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he just kind of, like, very sternly eyeballs the fish monster, and it just goes like... <laughs> And um, yeah, he just mean mugs it into running away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't think they ever explicitly state that, but I think most people accept that he was using the same power that we see him use here on Whitebeard's, like you know, flunky crew members. Um, but the question is, like, if Shanks is so badass, why did this random fucking fish take out his arm? And like Whitebeard asks him that. He says, like, what enemy did you let take your arm? Mm-hmm. And um, Shanks doesn't really answer. He just says, you know, he, he gave it up for the sake of the new era. Um, yeah. Which I thought was super cool line. Um, which I think we talked about this actually when it happened, but I think yeah. it shows that he was teaching Luffy a lesson. He gave up his arm mm-hmm. to teach Luffy not to fuck around, basically. That's a good interpretation, yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, yeah, you could do like the Vin Diesel, like he did it for family. But also, why, it seems like he... If he had the power to like turn the fish monster away, uh, or the Neptunian away instantly, like why did he risk? I, I, I at the time I thought maybe he had the devil fruit power of like to regrow limbs or something. Because like why would you give it up why that easily, that? right? Yeah, it seems like like to teach someone a lesson is on one level, and to lose 
to give up a limb to teach said lesson. That seems like such a jump and a leap to me that it didn't, I don't think it still, it still doesn't make sense. And yeah, and that's just one of those like endless fan debates of like, was this like an example of something in chapter one that he would have done differently? Or like, is there a greater significance to this? Like, I, I think, I mean, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think most people interpret, you know, he did it for the sake of the new era to mean that he was investing in like Luffy, but like we, there's still a lot we don't know about like finding out that Shanks is an emperor, I think really underlines the fact that like, we don't actually know a lot about this guy and what his deal is. Yeah. Um, it's, it seems to me like maybe Oda jumped the gun on having the Neptunian snack on, uh, snack on his arm. Yeah. And now he's kind of like lamenting it. Like I probably should have written something better maybe, maybe but like in cheek, I don't know. It's, I, it's tough to say. Yeah. Cause it was so early. See, I think that Shanks couldn't could have saved Luffy without losing an arm, but, but he, he shows, yeah. if he did that, Luffy wouldn't have felt the consequences of yeah. what happened. So it wouldn't have been as effective an, a lesson. That's how hmm. I interpret it. But so I don't think what you're saying lesson. is totally wrong, Patrick. This could be something where Oda is closing a plot hole. You know, he's by by Whitebeard saying, oh, which enemy did you let take your arm? He's implying that Shanks did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's a, a thing that sometimes, you know, it doesn't mean anything. Sometimes I, I think it's kind of a marker of significance. But when you see like an ellipsis from a character, especially in something like One Piece, I, I think it's kind of a hint that, you know, somebody's reading significance into a statement without coming out and saying what it is. But to Shanks's response, you see Whitebeard do an ellipsis, like a dot, dot, dot. And then he says something like, as long as you don't feel shame about it, I guess. Um, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really care. Yeah, yeah it, it's, you know, I'm not getting anything out of it, but, you know, you don't seem embarrassed by it, clearly. Um, talking about the three great powers thing that you yeah. mentioned, Matt, um, it's interesting that they note that the warlords and the navy, mm-hmm. which are the other two, are at war with the warlords. Yeah, with so, the, the emperors, yeah. With the emperors, yes. Um, which... <clears throat> You know, that that makes more sense now why the Navy would even deal with a crocodile, for example. It's, yeah, these you lunatics know. who are <laughs> conducting <laughs> themselves horribly. Yeah, yeah, because they're dealing with like a bunch of other shit that they need allies for. So, yeah, I mean, they, they make it sound like a like a, a three way balance. And, and it, it seems as if they're genuinely concerned that without the warlords, they don't know if they'd be able to contain you know, the four emperors. I do love really interesting. I do love how Luffy is just like kind of making his way through warlords. I don't know, mm-hmm. like um fucking wh- what's the sh- the shark guy's name? Oh, uh, Arlong? Yeah, like he's he's not a warlord, but they mentioned that he works for one and then like they mentioned he, yeah, he's associated with uh, I think we heard his name Jinbei. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Which I remember when we reread that I'm like holy shit, Jinbei comes up this early. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are coming up on our time, guys, so let's do a last call. Anything that you want to talk about? Uh, Just a couple of quick notes. I I think it's always interesting to see, like, cover stories, because they they (laughs) seem like they find a way to matter somehow down the road. And uh, I'll I'll tell you right now that I don't necessarily know what the deal is with uh, Anaru and the Land of Endless Forests on the Moon and these bizarre moon creatures and this moon war. But um, I'm kind of expecting it to show up again at some point. And uh, I'll also mention, I thought it was interesting that Shanks' ship 
had a kind of a little Vikingish motif to it. I thought. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, um, that was cool. I could say more about that. I can say there is a reason for no that. Spoilers. No I'm not spoilers. Saying what. I'm not saying what. I'm just saying Oda had something in mind with that, and I think that's very interesting. Hmm. Nice. We didn't talk about freaking Kobe. Kobe and Hel- or Helmepo. <laughs> I can't believe this is what I mean. A lot happened here. <laughs> Ten chapters. It's really. I I challenge you to find a more densely packed ten chapters (laughs) so far. Like it's crazy, and it's crazy too because I feel like I read these chapters in like glow ups. (laughs) (laughs) He did. He did have a glow up. Kobe's hot now, and even Helmepo doesn't look bad. Yeah. Well, he just got a haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Um, fuck. What was I gonna say? Um, talking about Kobe. Well, Kobe mentioned his oh. dream is to become a, an admiral of the Navy now, too, and uh, mm-hmm. Luffy's encouraging him. Yeah, and he has a really uh, good leader, I guess, in, in Garp. I mean, good for him, That's true. I guess. Well, we find out that he's mentoring them, and, and mm-hmm. there's kind of a parallel to where you know he wanted Luffy and Ace to grow up to be great Navy men, and they became pirates. Well, now he's got two new you know young wards who want to be great Navy men. Not quite Luffy and Ace caliber, but they'll do. Not yet. We'll, we'll see. We'll see where they land. Working on it. Working on <laughs> Work it. Work in progress. I mean, Helmeppo. I mean, both of them. They've come very far. Yeah, for sure. It, mm-hmm. It's a fun little passage of time thing, too, because part of me was like, oh, I just saw you. Like, Luffy's like that. Oh, you mean the fat little scared kid? <laughs> what do you mean he don't yeah, right. look exactly the same? It seems like he did grow three feet. Oh, yeah. He hit his growth spurt for sure. <laughs> Man, I wish I could remember what I was going to say about uh, Kobe and and Helmeppo. I'm sure it wasn't important. Um, I'm sure right. we'll, we'll rewind the tapes. We'll rewind the tapes and do it next week. Uh, all right, we will move on to our review section. Um, we will first hear from Matt. Uh, what rank would you assign to these chapters? I think I'm going to go double S. Um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go triple S. I mean, I thought that this is a fantastically strong conclusion to all of the emotional you know pieces in in water seven and any's lobby he was able to do a lot with a little and even like in in a like a pretty like in the space of like a page or two you know just stuff like frankie's forgiving himself like usopp's reconciliation of the crew you know it it made me tear up and moved me very greatly um you know robin got her final moment with um you know kiji we've got this new ship I mean, it, it it got so much done while setting up so much cool stuff, too. Um, it doesn't happen often, but some of the best parts in One Piece are where we just get, like, flung halfway across the world with none of the Straw Hats present, and we see just some other thing that happens to be happening at the same time that has these incredible implications. We got, you know, we, we touched on this already, we got the most ominous of all cliffhanger narrations, you know, the major events that were to come, and... Uh, yeah, Patrick, I know what those are referring to. John does too. And let me tell you, man, they're not going to disappoint. It's going to be really, really good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a very strong triple S fantastic finisher for my favorite arc of the series so far. Hell yeah. Uh, Patrick, what about you? Yeah, I am. I'm not going to disagree with the single word Matt said. I was going to give a double S, but I forgot that we could do three S's and I think it's, I don't know if I give it three S's because I think I like the, the long arcs that the one, the long, like a uh, road travel to the really, really great triple S arc that we just left. And so I, I'm going to give this double S. It's very, very good. Yeah. 
It's a no-nonsense, like, not messing around 10 chapters of One Piece that has so much dialogue and, like, really a lot of reveals for 10 chapters. Like, I don't... Definitely not read this so far, you know? Had this much shit going on in such a short amount of time. And Patrick, I'm Um, cheating because this is all just one arc to me. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah, okay. That makes sense. I mean, it kind of is, yeah. It's like the the cool-down period (laughs) for a badass arc. Um, Yeah, good way to put it. Yeah. I did want to bring up that the beginning of the chapters, the little like uh, other story with um, Enaru, mm-hmm. Enaru, um, just totally reminded me of Doctor Manhattan oh, from yeah. Watchmen when he's yeah. on the moon or just, Mars. Yeah, Mars, yeah, yeah, and building all the shit up there, and you're just like, oh, this is just like Doctor Manhattan time over here <laughs> with Enaru. <Hell yeah. laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I love this. I love learning more about monkeys or Luffy's family, all the other monkeys, and um, <laughs> yeah, no complaints. Oh, no yeah. reg- no regrets. <laughs> so I remembered what I was, was going to say. Um, someone had mentioned how much stuff is packed into 10 chapters. I was going to bring up how fast I read them. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it was yeah. so... I, I ended up reading extra just because I didn't even realize that I had already read 10 <laughs> chapters. You know, I was just flipping so fast, like, so into it. I was like, wait, this feels like a whole new thing. And yeah, anyway... I just wanted to give credit where credit's due. This was a page-turner set of chapters for sure. Oh, yeah. Same, yeah. The reason I'm torn is because I don't know. I kind of want to grade this this uh, section on a curve for, you know, a post or pre-arc lull, you know, for like mm. a transitional set of chapters. Mm-hmm. You really don't get better than this. Like it, it's triple S for sure. But if we're take if we're thinking about the whole series, it's like well the the intermediate <laughs> kind of stuff is just filler more or less. But at the same time, this is not filler. This is like setting up so much shit, and there's so much world mm-hmm. building happening and all mm-hmm. that. It's like oh yeah, this kind of holds its own even. Even though it's just set up. <laughs> even, even though it's not even part of an arc, really. It's like between yeah. two arcs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I think Triple S is fair. I don't think I, Hell yeah. know, I try to have the uh, kind of more uh, reserved <laughs> opinions on these. But yeah, I, I don't see any reason not to make this Triple S. So there you go. This is this is fucking One Piece preheating right here. Ten <laughs> chapters of preheating. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and I cannot wait for you to read the next chapters, Patrick. <laughs> Me neither. I'm very excited. All right. Well, we got some emails from you guys. We do appreciate that. Um, I thought we were going to have a lot to talk about in this episode, and I was right. So we're going to save those emails (laughs) for future episodes, but we still very much appreciate them. And if uh, someone else wants to send us an email, you can do so at devilfruitpunch at gmail.com. We got an email from someone who isn't Robin, which... I don't know. Seems fake to me, but wow, <laughs> unbelievable! Pretty cool, if true. <laughs> um, once again, our intro and outro music is from the infamous Beatsmith Matthew Ross. And until next time, ahoy, ahoy motherfucker!